Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. All right. Well, welcome, Brooke. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. (laughs) Yes, we are doing a podcast swap. And so I've been hanging out with Brooke, hanging out on her podcast, and now we are over here on Wildly Aligned Marketing. So Brooke, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe something fun that people wouldn't normally read in your bio. And then we will jump into all about like your journey of going from service provider to coach and generating more leads. Awesome. Well, I'm Brooke Jefferson. I am a wife, a mom. I wear a lot of hats. I have a lot of businesses, which I think will be really helpful for people who are multi-passionate. Um, I live in a small town in Oklahoma where there's more cows than people, just to paint that picture for you. Um, I've been a photographer for the last eight-ish years, almost nine And then in the past three and a half, I've been coaching other photographers on how to grow full-time businesses. I used to be a teacher. Not everybody knows that. And I'm left-handed and very proud of it. Woo! I'm a lefty too. I love that. I didn't know that. (laughs) I love that. Yes. And I also um, live in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota, not really the middle of nowhere, but um, we've got quite a lot of cows out here. So I joke about with my husband that I always said I never wanted to live in the country and now I love it. And I'm like, when I'm in the city, I'm like, there's too many people. So (laughs) we say that all the time and there's no traffic here and one stoplight. So when we have to go anywhere, it's like, what is with this traffic? (laughs) I know. Like, what is this? How can people live with this? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't get it. So, Hey, shout out to all you city slickers. It's, it's not for me. It's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too funny. Um, well, you mentioned that, so you were a photographer and then you transitioned into helping other photographers build up their business as well and coaching them and mentoring them. So tell us a little bit about that process and what that looked like for you. Okay. So I'm actually still both things. However, it looks so much different today than it did when I first started. So when I got into photography, I guess I I say the first time there was no break, but basically when I picked up a camera and really started identifying as, Oh, I'm a photographer. I'm going to take pictures. My daughter was six months old. I was 20 years old and I was not going to college at the time, but preparing to go back to finish college. I was working a part-time job. I don't really remember which one at the moment, Um, but I just kind of like, I just fell in love. It was kind of like trying something and then having this fire inside of me. And I'm like, I need more of that. Like, I want to do this. This is so much fun. And so uh, within six months of picking up that camera and photographing my best friend and her daughter, I had clients coming out the wazoo 
and I wasn't even good. So it's totally a God thing because I look back and I'm like, oh my word, what in the world, right? Um, but I, I mean, like I had, I had a full on business and I was able to, you know, pay for, I saved up to pay for our wedding and it covered that. And I was able to like keep up with the diapers and the formula. And it just became like this amazing side hustle blessing. Never in a million years did I ever think like, oh, that's going to be my profession one day. It like, I just, I didn't believe in myself that, and no one had painted that possibility. And I, I think we've all been there with something so at one day, we're just trucking along doing what we're doing. And then one day someone paints that possibility. And as soon as my eyes were opened, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I want to do that. Um, I ended up going back to college, finishing college, had my second child graduating college and I went to school to be a teacher and I knew when I graduated and being pregnant and due at the beginning of the school year like it was slim to none chances of being hired I'm just gonna go ahead and say that and so they're not supposed to discriminate against you but come on like they can find other reasons why they should not hire you at that moment so I found myself like, okay, I have photography skills. I have somewhat of a photography business. I'm sitting on a college degree that I can't even use. What am I supposed to do with myself? And my husband was um, in a job where he was just absolutely miserable, like was not enjoying it at all. Coming home, like I say, taking it out on us. And I want to be very careful. Like he was not abusive, but I, I want, I use that statement because I think you can resonate with it. It was just kind of like, Oh, like he acted mad towards everybody because he was so stressed out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I call it the lowest of lows at this point. Okay. This was 2016 and it was probably like September, October. Cause I had the newborn and I had my daughter who was about three at the time. And I just started praying And really like saying like, I need an opportunity. I either need you to like get me employed at a school, let my photography business blow up or like get me in a job of some kind. Well, oddly enough, a couple months later, I was introduced to a network marketing company, no longer with them, but it's a huge part of my story and finding confidence in myself and like really realizing, well, there's so much more to life than what I've currently been living in. So I did the network marketing thing within two months. I had already like flown through the ranks and I ended up hitting in a year top 1% of that company. Like it was a total godsend. But also after I joined that company in January of 2017, I got hired as a teacher. So here I am with a network marketing business, working as a kindergarten full-time teacher and running my photography business on top of all of these things, okay? So like that's my personality on top of having like a baby and a toddler and a husband who still hated his job. Okay, so is everyone trucking along? <laughs> so anyway, and I bring you through that because I just want you to see like where was my where was my headset? What did my season look like, right? And so that semester um, was really when I just began to open my eyes to possibilities and I knew that I wasn't going to do all three things forever, but I wanted to, I wanted to use those opportunities to get us ahead and like start knocking out goals. And so I did. And that's where I learned like a lot of like self-confidence and boundaries and time management and all these things that little did I know was going to set me up for success running my full-time business. So now I'm going to fast forward you real fast. Okay. So that was from January to May, 2017. 
the school was going through a budget cut and guess who was first to go it's always the last person hired and that was me so they let me go and in that moment i thought this is a sign that i'm supposed to run full on with my network marketing company and my photography business and i've got this well the middle of the summer i got a phone call from another school asking me to be a teacher and let's just be for real i lacked i lacked enough confidence in thinking i could really fulfill a full-time thing on my own without a quote unquote steady paycheck we've all been there some of you are still there some of you are still in your job and you're like this is my safety net mm -hmm. jobs really are not your safety net you already heard i got let go um and so but, but here's where it gets really fun okay so i went ahead and i accepted the job I took it. Guess what happened? I was miserable. Why? Because I was being disobedient to the call that I knew I was supposed to do. So I ended up turning in my resignation letter in that position at that school in October. I found the journal entry the other day. Um, so October 2017, but I fulfilled my year contract through May. But I knew I'm going full time in my photography business and it is what it is. And so I did everything that I could. I left my teaching job in 2018. I quit my network marketing company in the summer and I went full time in my business and I never looked back. So that is like a really, that was like a condensed, I don't know, like a condensed version of what happened from 2014 when I picked up a camera to 2018 when I went full time. So I'm going to pause there and let you wrap your head around all of that information. <laughs> I love thank you. Thank you so much for like giving us just like a sneak peek into where were you? Like, what were all the things that were going on in your life? And the reason, one of the reasons why I love that you shared that is because it's, it's so relatable, right? Like we've, we've all got, we've got a life outside of business. So it's like, we've got all these different things that we've got on our plate and juggling these things. And, you know, many of us start in business where it's like, I just really love this creative thing and this is a creative outlet for me. And that, that moment that you said that you had where it was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I want more of this. How can I do more of this? Right. And then there's that shift of like, but can this be for real? Like, can this be a full-time thing? Um, and I would love for you to maybe touch on like, what were some of the mindset shifts that you needed um, to you know, get to that point where you were like, I am going to be obedient, right? To what I feel like God is telling me to do, right? Faith is a huge component here. And so like, if you're a person of faith, when you feel that nudge, it's like, you know, that you're supposed to do this, right? But that doesn't mean that you're not going to feel different fears and, and stuff coming up for you. And there's so many things that we need to shift in our mindset um, to stepping, stepping into it fully. But even, you know, you talked about, um, going from, um, being a photographer to also coaching other photographers. And I, I love that you still like are a photographer yourself, right. Because you're still like in the field and can like have that, um, you know, learning from experience and teaching from experience, but, you know, with all of the, all of the different things that you've done, I'm sure that there's some like key mindset shifts that you've seen and like went through yourself that stand out to you as very essential for being able to make that leap into like full-time business, right? Regardless of whether you're a service provider or a coach. Yeah. Okay. So I think it really comes down to, to two different things. One is more of like the faith spiritual side for sure. And the other one was 
okay, we need to get head down and logical and figure out, but how are we going to make this a full-time thing? Because I can't, you can't just take the leap and not have a plan of action. So I will talk about that too. But going back to the faith, the mindset, all of that, the mindset shift that I needed was really actually taking myself out of the driver's seat and really allowing to fully trust God. It's hard. Like I don't, I'm just one of those people where like, once my trust is broken, I just feel like I can't trust anybody. Okay. And ask my husband. Okay. Like he, he broke my trust in a very small way. So this is not throwing him under the bus, but it's just like, man, I had no complaints up until you did this one <laughs> dumb thing. Right. But I'm like, oh, but there's a crack in the foundation. And so I say all of that to say, I think a lot of times that's how we feel with when it comes to faith and regardless of like what you believe in it's, it, you're still not fully sold on that until you fix that, that trust. And so actually what I did was I just invested myself in getting in rooms with other Christians, people who were well beyond me. I needed the wisdom. I needed the direction. I needed to open my Bible more. And I am here to tell you, I'm still not perfect. I try to every day, but I'm still not perfect. But it was just like going into more of an intimate relationship with God and saying, okay, I'm going to start trusting you little by little. Like I'm kind of testing you a little bit. And then it just, over time, my trust grew. And so I knew I still had that calling. And here's the thing. You'll never feel 100% about anything. Like it doesn't matter if God's calling you to it or someone's challenging, challenging you to something, or you feel like you have all the puzzle pieces put together. You're still going to have some doubt. Why? Because your brain scientifically is wired to keep you safe and comfortable. So anytime you want to take this big leap, you're going to feel those butterflies in your stomach. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's bad. You just have to really know like where you stand. So all that being said, like I was listening to podcasts and I was getting involved in Bible studies. And so I was growing my faith, which I think is the number one driver of why I was able to fully say, all right, I'm done with this. I'm trusting you. I'm following the call. On the flip side, once I decided that, and as I journeyed through that, I also had to be very logical about, okay, how are we going to get out of this nine to five, quote unquote, safety net job? And how can I trust myself to actually make the income that I need? I'm going to be really for real with you guys. I never, like every day I, I would go and I would be so excited that, oh my gosh, it's almost May. I get to quit, blah, blah, blah. Like this is so exciting. But also in the back of my mind, how am I ever going to make the $1,900 paycheck that I'm taking home every month? Okay. How am I ever going to make $1,900 a month in my photography business all by myself with like nothing else to fall on? Cause remember I quit my network marketing company by this time. Okay. So there was nothing, there was nothing. It was literally the moment of stepping out of the boat and saying, okay, let's do this, even though I'm still scared. So all that being said, I started listening, again, back to podcasts, logical business podcasts. I listened to a ton of Jenna Kutcher back in the day, like back when I related to her story, when she had good things to say, and she's not a podcast to listen to anymore, but this, I'm not trying to like put a dig at her. But anyway, there's that. Um, I just business books, like, okay, I need to make this much money. Let's start making a plan. And so all these logical things that other people are not thinking about, I was, and I was showing up consistently in my marketing. I was consistently talking to people. 
asking people, sending emails. Like I did everything that I knew how to do. And I kept putting tools in my toolbox, logically from a business and marketing standpoint, which thank goodness we have your podcast, right? Because this is your podcast is being that for somebody they're, mm-hmm. they're learning these things and they're getting closer to their goals. So I would say coming down to the two things, the spiritual growth partnered with let's logically set up my business to be a legitimate business. And how do I market it? Ooh, I love that you, that those are the two things that, that came up for you because you can be in faith while also making logical decisions and like taking action and doing the things that you know to do. Right. And actually, you know, if, if you are a Christian and you read the Bible, the, the verse that came to mind for me is Deuteronomy 818, which is something that I regularly think about. I see 818 on the clock so often. And it's always a reminder to me of like, God is the one that gives us the ability to produce wealth. Like, yes, we need to remember that ultimately everything that we have comes from him, but he gives us the ability to go out and create income and bring an income in our business. And, you know, that is just always such a a beautiful reminder to me, but I, I love what you shared about, um, you know, like, yes, even though you are leaning into God and trusting the process, like you're still going to feel the butterflies, right? Like there's still going to be the like, Oh my gosh. Um, and that you really leaned into making a plan, right? I remember hearing the saying, and this was also my mentality in my first year of business of leap and the net will appear. And I was like, okay, and totally did not have, like, I was not doing the strategic things, right? Like there was so much that I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I think was going to happen? Right. Um, and you know, grateful for the lessons because a lot of that is what I help my clients through now, right. Trial and error and learning from our experience, but you know, it's, it's just, again, bringing it back to, you can have this deep trust in, in being anchored in your faith and knowing that this is what you're called to do and trusting, um, taking yourself out of the driver's seat while also being strategic and saying, okay, how do I get my, you know, business finances together? Crunch the numbers. Like, what do I need to be charging? What do I need to be making in my business so that I can go, go full time and, you know, be a good steward of my resources and contribute to my family and, and help support them. Right. And like, you know, these, these are, they're not, um, they're not mutually exclusive. They go together, right? Like they go hand in hand beautifully. And like you said, they, you really need, um, both of them. You can't just have one or the other because that's where, okay, if you're just thinking about logically and you're very in your head, um, that's very stressful because you're carrying a really heavy weight and you're not trusting your, um, you know, your internal guidance system. And so you can easily be kind of pushed in a direction that you weren't supposed to go to in the first place. And if you are fully in faith and trusting, but not doing the things again, that was year one, Natalie in business. Like I'm just going to leap and naively, you know, trust that the net will appear. Well, you are not really honoring the calling because if you were fully honoring that calling, you would do the strategic things and, and move your feet, you know, and God can't like, he's not going to push you. Um, so love that so much that you brought up those two, those two pieces. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you can't have one without the other. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused because you're leaning on one side or the other, right? You are following all these things, all these gurus, you're doing everything that all these podcasters are telling you to do, but you have no faith, no confidence, nothing in yourself or vice versa. You're listening to all the mindset, spiritual growth, the faith podcast, 
and you're like, okay, crossing my fingers and hope it all goes well. But when I come to you or like, when you come to me and you ask me, why am I not booking clients? Why am I not selling out my products, my services, et cetera? Why am I not booking any coaching clients? I'm gonna tell you right now, it's because you're probably not actually doing any effort or putting in the work. I wrote a real sassy caption about this this morning that's going to go out in November for my audience. And I was a little brutal, but it's the truth. Like, don't cry. Don't complain about your lack of sales, bookings, et cetera. I'm probably also talking to myself sometimes in the mirror when, I'm in <laughs> slack, when I'm in a slack season, but it's like, don't cry about that if you're also not putting in the effort you're supposed to be doing. So like you said, you can't have one without the other. You have to have both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing I laugh because it's like, oh yeah, I've totally, um, totally had those moments too for myself where it's like, here you are like asking God, like what, you know, baffled, like if you called me to do this, like, where are the clients? They're like, come on, like you got to pull, you know, pull your own weight here. (laughs) But, but, you know, I just imagine in those situations, God's looking at us like, yeah, you're one to talk, you know, (laughs) like you need to do something too here. I'm waiting on you. So, um, absolutely. You know, something that I would also love to hear you touch on is going back to, your journey and you had so many things going on, right? Like you had the teaching and the network marketing and jumping in and teaching it out and in and out. Um, and you said that you have multiple businesses, right? So like you are, um, multi-passionate, right? I believe that, you know, some people identify as multi-passionate, but it's, um, and some don't, but it's the reality that all of us have these different interests and like things that light us up. Sometimes it's for a season, sometimes it, um, is not, but one thing that I I think is really cool is how you have been able to have multiple things, right? You've got your photography business. You've also got coaching for other photographers and, what I heard you share with your journey is like, there was this process of paring down and simplifying so that you could really go full time and build out that one thing. And then you were able to then add in coaching. Um, so I would love for you to kind of speak into that some more about like simplifying, like when you've got all these plates, like how, like, was there anything that stands out to you in terms of, um, maybe lessons that you learned or mindset shifts again around like simplifying and letting go of some of those things so that you could actually have capacity to take on the stuff that you wanted. Yes. I could write probably a novel over this <laughs> life. And I think the reason why, like what my life looks like today compared to what it used to look like, Um, I was that person that put business first family last. I wondered why I was unhappy. I wondered why we were fighting all the time. I wondered like why I felt like such a bad mom and barely knew my kids. Um, I felt like I missed out on a lot of things. I definitely did it wrong. And it also pairs perfectly with faith. It was all about that trust. I thought that I had to carry everything. I thought that I had to make the money. I thought that I had to provide for myself. And if I stopped for even a moment to rest or pay attention to anything else but my business, it was all going to just like fall away and break. And anybody that's ever been through this season of you're hustling to make money, you're hustling because in your heart, you have big dreams and you have good goals and you're not here to harm anybody, but you end up harming yourself because you're doing all these things and you have no boundaries. You have no time management skills. You, um, you're neglecting people. And so I eventually hit, hit a wall and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm unhappy. I'm unsatisfied. 
the money at that point, the object I was chasing, I had to like put that to the side. I had to work through some internal, like again, those trust issues, those mindset issues. So my biggest piece of advice from where I am today to where I was is boundaries are so important. They are life-giving. You're not being rude. Um, if you are, and also something that I used to laugh, literally laugh, roll my eyes at when people were like, yeah, I only work two days a week. Yeah, I only work 10 hours a week on my full-time online business. Yeah, I have this, um, I don't know, 200,000 gross revenue business. And I only, like, I work less than 20 hours a week. And I would roll my eyes. Like, I don't even have enough time in my day. What are you talking about? But looking back, I was literally just doing crap, doing anything and everything. And all this stuff that didn't even matter. And so thankfully... God through some people in my life um, and, and mentors and online podcasters and coaches and just all these people that reined me back in. And they talked about what you said, which was simplifying. Let's look at big picture bird's eye view. Where do we want to be in five years? Great. Where do we want to be in three? Awesome. Where do you want to be in one year, 12 months from today? And then let's baby step. How are you going to do that? Do you want to keep working 60 hour work weeks every week and miss out on all these things. And, and I mean, there were guys, I had to miss certain sports events because I overbooked myself with photography. And then looking at this year, I've taken on less clients than I've ever had in my business before. And I matched last year's income. I mean, and it's just like little things like that. Like there's just so many ways. And so I would say, um, take a minute, You can stop, you can pause. I promise you're not going to lose everything. But the thing that you feel like, like if you were going to sit down and you were, I love this exercise. If you were going to sit down and rate, how's my physical health? How's my relationship with God? How's my marriage? How's my motherhood? And you just work your way down there. If business gets the highest ranking and everything else is suffering, that should be your wake up call. And when you get the wake up call, you don't like, you have a choice. You can ignore it and keep doing what you're doing but I promise you, you're going to lose something on that list and I wouldn't recommend it. And so it's like, I've just done a full, like, like whole new person, whole new me. I work the le- the least I ever have. Like we're even preparing for a really big launch in a couple of weeks. And I'm still like, like I'm focused on all those areas and business comes last and I'm in a season and maybe this is for somebody, but I'm in a season where for the first time in my life, I feel like God is saying, business is last. So last thing you think about, it's the last thing you need to work on. It's the last thing you need to schedule in on your calendar. It just needs to be last. And I'm like, okay, this is hard. It's not easy. It's hard, but let's do it. So I, so again, like it's simplifying, it's having boundaries and it's just not working all the hours. Like you don't need to be texting clients back at 11 PM at night. Stop doing that. Go to bed, (laughs) go to bed. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's a little insight into like, okay, well, that season was a hustle season. And if I could do it differently, I would, I would, I always laugh when people are like, I wouldn't do anything differently. Cause it brought me where I am now. I would, I'd actually go do something different. Cause I missed out on precious time, but I would start with like, I would start with the rating exercise. If, if you were just going to do one thing, start with the rating exercise and scale back on how much you focus on your business. Yeah, that's such a great exercise. And it just really anchors in, um, you know, I have different seasons where, um, like my focus right now in this season is really simplifying and 
kind of my motto is like loving my life, like just focusing on loving my life more, right. And being more present with family. And there's always different, um, ways that you can like that, uh, boundaries, you can kind of creep over your boundaries and then you, you find yourself in a place where it's like, okay, I need to reset. I need to go back to, um, what are the things that I really need to put into practice right now? And so that, that is a really excellent exercise. And I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. Um, and I really encourage everyone listening, like even pause the episode right now and just answer some of those questions, because like you said, Brooke, it, it is really eye opening when you realize like, oh my gosh, my priorities are way out of whack here. And it's the irony of all the busy work that you're doing. Like you said, you were just keeping yourself busy and, and working yourself ragged and like pouring all this time and energy and creating stress for yourself that wasn't actually moving your business forward. And it's one of like, there's so many things in business that are counterintuitive, right? Like niching down, like turning away clients, right? Well, you're not turning away clients niching down is actually attracting more clients to you. Right. Or like working less in your business, creating stronger boundaries where it's like, nope, I'm only going to work between these hours. And then I'm, I'm turning off my phone or I'm not going to respond to clients until the next day. Right. Like I tell my clients, feel free to message me whenever, like my phone is on silent when I'm sleeping, I've got clients in different time zones. I'm like, don't worry about when you're messaging me, but I will, you know, they know that I will respond when I'm working the next day or, or on Monday, like if it's the weekend. Um, so absolutely like having those boundaries, making sure that your priorities are straight, it is the kind of stuff that I'm sure there's someone listening and is like, yeah, I know, but it's like, it's one thing to know it. And it's another thing to put it into practice. Um, and it, I get it. Like there's so many moments where, um, where you're in a place in your business where you're feeling like maybe a little frantic, like you're trying to gain traction. And that's when I think, um, just from my experience that those are the times where it's easy to kind of get into that hustle mentality, but really bringing it back to, um, you know, like snapping yourself out of that by just, you know, anchoring in the fact that, um, those things are keeping you busy. They're not actually getting you closer. Um, and, and, you know, getting that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the question I want you to carry with yourself over the next few weeks, really forever, but you'll probably find something else to to carry with you too. But, but what you just said was when you're, when you're sitting down to do work, I, every time, like, I want this to haunt you. Am I being busy or am I being productive? Because they are not the same thing. So if you're doing something because it's trendy, but like, okay. So for instance, if you're doing something trendy, like making a reel, but the last 15 you've made, haven't landed you a client probably should stop doing that, especially if it's causing you stress. So I just want to throw that out there. Am I being busy or am I being productive? And then that's how you're going to eliminate all these tasks that you think you should be doing that you really shouldn't. And I don't make reels. Okay. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love that. And I'm, I'm with you on reels. I only <laughs> was telling a client this earlier today. I'm like the reels that I do are repurposing. It's really just me. Like I did this really great story or whatever, um, or a podcast episode. And I'm going to make it into a real quick, um, a really great way to kind of prioritize the tasks too, because this is the way that my brain works again is I avoid the things that are really important, right? Because they scare you. And so I try to tell myself, okay, I'm going to do one brave action every day. 
And like the brave action again is the thing that scares me. It means hopping on stories and sharing like a breakthrough that I just had and inviting women to work with me. I would really easily go and like check email or, you know, do other stuff like behind the scenes. It's, it's easy to push off um, the things that there's some resistance around, but often it's the thing that like, it takes some courage to do it. And so even if you can like prioritize that, um, because like you said, it's, it's getting away from the busy work and, and truly, um, doing the things that, that move the needle forward in your business, um, not just keep you like running in motion, but actually like taking a step forward, you know? Um, yeah, so good. I love that. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit here to talking about leads and generating leads. So, you know, I know that you have so many, you know, different experiences in business, which again, I really love hearing your perspective because you've been in the place of you've got photography, right? So this is in-person business, uh, marketing online, you're a service provider, you're also a coach, you've got all these different beautiful experiences. So I would love to hear for you, like um, maybe some things that you're really putting into practice that you see as not busy work, but truly like productive tasks that lead to clients, whether someone is a service provider online or they're a coach. Um, there's definitely like, right. There's always different trends and stuff. And, but then there's things that like stand the test of time. So I would just love to hear from you. Like, what are some of those, um, lead generating tasks that you have put into practice that you see really move the needle forward? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I started stepping into quote unquote coaching. Um, when I started my podcast back in April of 2019. Okay. Here's what I need you to understand. I didn't have an audience. Nobody was like, Oh, Brooke, you should, you should start a podcast. I wasn't even really like maybe a little bit. I was starting to show up and like teach what I knew, but I was coming at it from like a, um, Hey, like a friend, like friend to friend. Here's where I've been. Here's what I'm working on. Here's what's working for me. Maybe you should try it. And that, and I've just, I don't know. I've always had that. That's, I think I'm very relatable. And I've asked people like, why me? What is it? A lot of it's that I'm relatable. Um, and they feel like they can approach, I'm approachable. And I love those two things. I always want to be relatable and approachable. So with that being said, I, that's where I started again, no audience. And I literally sat at like one or two people randomly found the podcast and I was having like 10 to 20 listeners for the first two months, each episode, very small. And I have like numbers to prove this too. But, but then what happened was I thought, okay, so, um, let me start getting some like guests on here, other photographers. Cause I'm obsessed with hearing like what we're doing today. I love hearing people's journeys. I love hearing like how they did things and what they overcame and like, yeah, all the things. So I thought this would be really fun to have other photographers that I know come on and talk about their journey and share like one takeaway. Like, I just think that would be awesome. So I started doing that. And then they started sharing like, Hey, I was featured on Brooks podcast. Here's what we're talking about. The downloads started increasing and they kept doing, and then we were going from 10 to 20 people to hundreds hundreds started going to thousands and that's where we're at today. We are, we're about to hit 350,000 downloads from something that I started with an audience of zero. So uh, my first tip would be 
you need to have some form of long form content and you have three options. And, and I'm not going to get too detailed because you are like the marketing queen here. And I know you've got, I know you've got episodes that are touching on these things, but here's your three options. You either need to blog consistently and actually have readership. Like you need to have people that are waiting on your blogs and reading them, or you need to have a YouTube channel where you're showing up consistently weekly, bi-weekly something so that people are like, this is amazing. And especially if you are doing something visual. So maybe you're into like breath work and I'm not talking about new age. I'm just, I just mean like you do breath work or you're in fitness or you're in like an industry, like painting or art or whatever that is. And you're like, I would rather show and teach YouTube, or you can be cool like me and Natalie into a <laughs> podcasting club where you can wear whatever you want to, and you can have no makeup on and you're just sharing your heart and your experiences and your tips. And so for me, and I always got in trouble as a child for talking too much. And so I always, every year when my podcast anniversary comes around, I'm always like, shout out to all the teachers who wrote on my report card that I talk too much in class because look what I'm doing now. I'm making money from podcasting, but so jokes on you, right? So anyway, um, so you'll know immediately I said those three things. You said, ooh, ooh, and yes. Okay. So, or you were like, yes, ooh, and ooh, right? So pick the one that you're drawn to. And the reason why this is so important is because it lives the longest. You said, what stands the test of time? My podcast. I started in 2019, we're in 2022, and it's only getting better. It's growing, it's tripling, it, you know what I'm saying? And so, mm-hmm. uh, and people are like more, the more people that listen, the more I'm hearing directly from them. I'm loving this. You've changed my business, blah, blah, blah. And then they have turned into students and clients of mine because the trust was made through long form content. So that's tip number one. Um the second thing from that, so like that's that's your starting point. You don't get to skip to two or three until you do number one. Like, I'm so sorry. So if you're not currently showing up in one of those areas, that's all you need to do after this episode. That's it. Okay, the second thing is um, email list. This, like my goal has always been, how do I get this person from the podcast or my social media and get them on my email list? Because I've always heard, and I know you jam about this, I jam about this, you need to get something <clears throat> that can't be taken away from you overnight. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all those things you could wake up and it's going to be gone or you've been hacked. Email, not so much. I actually don't think I've ever heard anyone send a mass email out and, and been like, I'm so sorry, my email got hacked. Like, I just, I don't think I've ever seen that. And so, Okay. So my email is really important to me because I know it's one to many, like I'm writing it and it's going to many, but it's still an intimate conversation, right? There's less distractions in the inbox and all of these things. So here's the key to getting people on your email. You want to create something that either gives them a quick win or is something that they can implement into their business Something that's going to help them, and maybe not even business, like maybe you do fitness coachings or you do nutrition or whatever that looks like. Um, and so you need to get like, what are clients, what's the first step that they need to do before they're going to like say, yes, take my money. I want to work with you. Like, how can you show that authority and the trust and all of those things? So I always create freebies or lead magnets or whatever you want to call it so that people will put in their first name and their email address in exchange for the value that I have so I can keep in regular contact. So we're going from long form content to consistent 
marketing that is not on social media. I'm not saying not to use social media, but here's the thing. A lot of people want to go and use social media to start with. And I get it. I get it. But it shouldn't even like social media sprinkles on top of the cupcake. Okay. So your cupcake, the cake mix is your podcast or your long form content. The icing is the email list. And then whatever you're going to add to it after that is social media and all these extra things that really you don't even have to do if you don't want to. I do think they're important. So please don't get me wrong. Um, And so, so yeah, so you've got podcasts and you've got email lists. Now that's nurturing people. It's also allowing you to like your, your long form content is allowing for people to just stumble. I have so many people who are like, I don't remember how I found it. I just stumbled upon it. Thank you. SEO. Right. So people are, people are finding your long form content, wherever that is, because you're using keywords and SEO and all things. So then they're listening, they're building trust. Then they like you enough or need, they have like a pain point that you're offering to solve through a lead magnet. And then you're getting them on your email list and that's more trust. And that way, when you start offering things on either one of those, people are more likely to take you up on it. Now, the third thing, there's just so, there's so many ways you guys, but I'm just going to give you three just to simplify all this. The third place is like, or the third point, I guess let's call it a third point. Where do I find people to like throw fire on what I'm doing? Like, how do I get people to come in? And there's really three places that I want you to pay attention to and get involved with. And the first one is pay attention to the people that DM you or reply to your stories on Instagram. Those people now went from being a basic follower to genuinely interested in coming into your in, into your world and having a conversation. That is their way of raising their hand and saying, hey, I like you. Hey, I want to chat more with you. So that's the first place. That's You can start that today. The second one is going through Facebook groups, not necessarily yours, but other people's and getting yourself in there where your ideal clients are hanging out in. And yes, guess what? I've been saying this for years. Why? Because it's still working. I would not tell you to do something if it wasn't working. That's why you're not going to hear me talk about TikTok. You're not going to hear me talk about Periscope. Does anybody remember Periscope, right? I never got on it, but I crack up when people talk about it um, because we're like, what? That doesn't even exist anymore. So you want to put yourself in Facebook groups And then actively like one or two times a week, not asking you to be stalkers. You don't need to sell your soul to 365 days of social media, but like just pop in there from time to time. And the more you interact, the more Facebook will say, okay, she's hanging out in these three groups. I'm just going to randomly start showing her the types of content that she's interacting with. And it gets easier and you can scroll your home feed, but you're specifically looking for someone asking a question or looking for someone that is doing what you're doing. Like, how can you connect with that person? And so you're just naturally finding people that are looking for what you do, or you're the person that can solve that for them or being a service provider for them too, or the coach or whatever. Right. Um, And the last one, and this is so important. And I did not always do this and I wish I would have. Um, I have really enjoyed putting myself in virtual rooms or even local networking groups of like all these different people, because the more you can cross your audience and know someone, you're naturally going to pass contacts back and forth. It's happened every time. It is the number one reason why most businesses thrive on word of mouth. It's referrals because you trust people. You're taking people's word for things. So again, 
pay attention to the people that are sliding in your Instagram DMs and talk back, stop double heart or stop hearting and walking away. Like have a conversation. Number two, go to those Facebook groups that your ideal client is hanging in and start paying attention to the questions in the posts. And the third one is to put yourself in different networking groups. Sometimes this is Facebook groups. Sometimes it's joining a paid thing too, guys. Maybe you need to join a mastermind. That's what I did all year long. I like mini masterminds, like just these different, these different um, memberships, anything like that, that has a paid community of service providers that you know you're going to find value in, go put yourself in a room. So Okay. That was a lot, but that is that that's all my knowledge for you on that topic. Yes. I love that. Okay. I took notes. So we're going to, we're going to dive into some of these, but just to, to add on to what you just said at the end there, I mean, you and I connected in a paid program that we were in together. Like that's just a beautiful example of, you know, anytime I make an investment, I, I say this all the time, like, yes, you might get what you thought you were going to get out of their clarity or clients or strategy or whatever, but then you also get so much more. Um, and so that is, um, a beautiful reminder, right? Like whether it's a program or, uh, like a coaching program or mastermind or membership or something like, it's not just for your knowledge. There's also the added benefit of like-minded people that you can connect with. And the, I'll, I'll just kind of work backwards here. All those, those last three, three points that you shared all about conversations. Like that's the thing that, um, I have been really stressing on the podcast lately, actually. So this is beautiful to tie it in here. You know, there's so much in marketing where I see women kind of passively sitting back and wondering why they're not getting engagement or women hopping into their DMS. I've been guilty of, of this in the past too. And so no judgment for sure. Um, but a common theme that I'm seeing there is like, go out and create engagement, like get in conversations with people, um, because that creates momentum. And so, like you said, the very simple ways to do that, right? Like who's commenting on your posts already or, or liking them, right? Like pay attention to those people because they are paying attention to you. So acknowledge them. Um, and then like the Facebook groups, I got started in my business doing Facebook groups and it is a strategy that still works you guys in 2022. Um, just because people are closing their groups does not mean that it doesn't still work. It does. I I say this all the time. Every strategy works. It's about finding which one works for you and what you actually want to do. Um, And then yes to networking as well. Um, And I mean, it's kind of the coolest thing ever that like in business, we get to make friends, right? (laughs) Um, That's the best part that really is. It's not the clients. It's not the money. Genuinely, hands down, it's all the people that I met. Like my life would be so empty if I would not have taken the time to like join all these different things and make all these friends. So yes, it is the best perk of business. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, especially like working from home, like that can get really lonely. And so to do like the virtual networking, right. Or coffee chats or whatever podcast interviews, um, that just like makes my day because then it's not just Natalie and, you know, and her computer all day long, I get to actually converse with people, um, outside of my clients. So yes to that. Um, I want to circle back to what you said about long form content. Yes, yes. And yes. Um, I, I remember being in this place in my business before I started my podcast where I was very much stuck in the weeds of social media. And this is one pet peeve that I have. I've been in different 
different programs and, you know, something that I see a lot of women doing and a lot of women talking or a lot of programs talking about is focusing on social media. And I get it because it is, you know, it is a really quick and easy way to connect with people, especially if like you're talking about, like, I want to connect with people today. Well, yeah, you can do that through social media and you can DM them and and connect with them. Um, But the problem comes in when you are focusing on the short term. Okay. So like, think about the example that comes to mind is finances. If you are living paycheck to paycheck and you are not thinking about like long-term financial stability and investments or your retirement fund, right? Like all these conversations that I have with my husband, (laughs) right? Like then you are just stuck in the moment and you're going to get, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years in the future and be like, oh snap, like we did not think about this. And now we're in a sticky situation. And that's like the equivalent of, staying in the, like staying stuck in the weeds of social media is you're not investing in your future and you're just like running yourself ragged. Yes. You can sign clients on social media. Yes. I get it. You can go live and, um, you know, everyone starts somewhere and that's where a lot of people start, but it's like the sooner that you can add in some sort of long form content, like you said, a podcast or YouTube channel or blog, you are going to be investing in your future and adding in that stability um, because it's the greatest thing ever when, like I just had this the other day, someone tagged me in Instagram stories because they were listening to like one of the, you know, the episodes like way in the beginning from years ago. And that's like, that right there is why it's so important because your, your long form content doesn't expire and people for years and years are going to benefit from it. And it only gains more traction as time goes on. Yeah, it does. And it's also a great way for people to like build trust. Like, yes, you could probably build your entire photography business if you really wanted to pick apart my podcast. Now, there's a lot of things I reserve for obviously the inside of paid programs. So obviously you're not giving everything away, but I also don't want you to restrict yourself of just talking about service level things either. Um, The podcast is what allows people to understand my teaching style, apply some of the things and strategies that I'm giving them feel me out, listen to, you know, my values and, um, and then decide, okay, if she's giving all this away and I've been able to do this with my business, imagine what it's going to be like when I coach with her, when I join her course or program and I can do that with my business. And so that's why, like, I think without my podcast, I would not have the results with my program the way that I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I love that you shared some real stats of your first podcast downloads was like 10 people listen here, 20 listen here. I remember my very first podcast episode, I think I had 24 downloads. And keep in mind, I had been in business for two years at that point. So it's like, yes, I had an audience, but it, my audience was so small. Like my Facebook group was teeny tiny. I did not have a big following. I remember being like, part of me was excited about the 24 downloads. And the other part of me was like, oh, is that it? Right. Cause I was just expecting it to like, I don't know, people just magically found my podcast, but it grew with time. And that's the thing that, you know, if you're in a season where, you're in the humble beginnings, like take this as, as hope for the future. Like 
everyone starts with the humble beginning and then it gains momentum and then you are getting thousands of downloads. Like it is going to happen if you stick with it. Um, but it's about really, it's like balancing, like, yes, playing the long game, um, and playing the short game of social media. Like you can do both at the same time. And so again, like what we're stressing here is like add in the long form content, show up consistently for your people. I really appreciate that you brought up this point, Brooke, about um, the connection that it creates as well. Like if you, you know, if anyone listening, if you've, if you've been around on the podcast for a while, you know that I share very openly behind the scenes about, um, you know, yes, my business and marketing strategy, but also just real stuff. And like, that's what builds connection. And if you think about it from the standpoint of wanting to potentially work with someone, you're going to hire the person that you feel more connected to that you built up this trust. There are people that I have been following for years, like four years, five years, um, that, that I found in the beginning of my business that are still to this day, like I am going to work with them someday because I trust them so much because I've been along, um, along the ride and along the journey with them. Um, so that is something that I, yes, we are both like highly encouraging you to do, like get out of the weeds of social media, um, start doing the long form content. Um, is there anything that like, was there any resistance that you personally experienced as far as doing the long form content that you would, um, or like encouragement maybe that you feel like has been really, um, beneficial for you, right? Because you shared that your podcast has grown so much. Um, what do you feel like contributed to that major momentum that you've been able to see with your podcast? Yeah. Okay. So, so two things, number one, I can probably say there has only been one month where I skipped podcasting completely and it wasn't because I didn't want to do it. It's because I was pivoting and I, and we talked about this yesterday. So if y'all want some real behind the scene content, um, this year has, has just been a year of like pivoting and clearing the table and changing paths just to come back to where I, what I was already doing, which is great. But I think I, but I think I needed the reroute, right? Like series, like, Hey, keep going. Like you're like, you're not even, we're going this way. And then, Oh, never mind, detour reroute JK go home. Right. So that's what I feel like happened. And, um, and so all that to say without that one month, there's never been a week where I've missed my podcast. I I mean, there's never been a single time, but I'm going to give you two things. Number one, it's because I chose the long form content that aligned with me. I didn't do YouTube just because some guru told me, Hey, if you do YouTube, you can make a million dollars like me. Uh, no, I don't like video. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have the whole production set up and I, I know you can do it simple. I didn't want to, I went with, okay, I'm a talker. I am an avid podcast listener. This is the one for me. So that's the first thing is you've got to pick the one you're most aligned with. If you were given a gift of writing and when people read your stuff, they're like, oh my goodness, you should write a book blog. If people are like, oh my gosh, you have a voice for podcast or you're, you are an avid podcast listener as well do a podcast and all the things. Okay. The second thing is, this is my encouragement to you. I never got, okay. Maybe I felt discouraged at some point of like growth or declines or whatever, but just like entrepreneurship, long form content's a journey. And I don't want you to be like, oh, this is good. This is how I'm going to grow my business. And then three months down the road, you, you were like, okay, I did this. 
Um, I feel like it, I, I feel like I'm in a humble beginning and I feel like this is not growing. Do not give up because one day is all it takes one day. And, and all of a sudden you're going to have some traffic. And from there, it's just, I mean, it's just going to be over and over and over. Um, and the best thing is to not, not be a best kept secret. Don't keep your long form content as a secret every week, every week, talk about it every week in your emails that you're going to be sending, like direct them to, to that piece of long form content. So I'm saying like, you need to stick. And I always tell my, my clients, my students, you need to commit for a minimum of 12 months to something before you give up on it. And so that's my challenge to you is pick your long form content. And until November, December, 2023, or whenever Natalie's going to air this for you a year from today, you're doing this rain or shine, rain or shine. You're going to show up and you're going to do it. And I promise you'll see growth. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And the commitment is such a huge piece because it, it, I, I also haven't really experienced that tons with the podcast because I've always gone into the process very much knowing like it's a long game and there's ups and downs, right? Like I remember one year seeing, um, way lower downloads during the holidays and I'm like, well, I get it. Like people are busy. Holidays can be crazy. Right. So like, don't take it personally. Um, but yes, like all it takes is, um, someone sharing your podcast and all of a sudden you get a bunch of traffic and like it can all of a sudden take off um, and you can get that momentum. And yes, to choosing the type of content that works for you. I talked about this recently. I cannot stress that enough. Um, I laughed when you were sharing earlier how I used to get in trouble in class for talking. <laughs> I just recently, you know, my, my husband, um, women talk more than men. It's a stereotype, but it's also kind of true. And there's so many times where I'm talking and talking and my husband is just like, like I could see the look on his face and he's like, are you going to stop? Because you're not even like taking a breath, like for me to say anything. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I looked at him the other day, we were getting ready for bed. And I turned around and looked at him and I was like, did you know people really like to listen to me talk <laughs> like on my podcast? Like there's people that like love to listen to me talk and he just kind of smirked. So <laughs> yeah, my, my husband is a man of few words. And when I say few, I'm talking like the least amount required is what you're going to hear from him. And so half the time I'm like, do you even care? Yeah. The whole story I just told you, like, do you even care? Yeah, I care. I, just, I didn't have anything to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. With you. <laughs> And that's how it works. It's like, yeah, the, the opposites attract. So true. So relatable. Um, I love this. Thank you for sharing all these like really um, actionable strategies and tips around like how to shift your mindset and show up and generate leads. You know, marketing is something that it, both of us love to jam on. Right. And um, it can be so overwhelming and complicated if you let it, it really does not have to be though. And, and I really love you know, that you shared your story and just kind of pulled back the curtain and shared the journey because it is, it is a journey. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be really, really hard moments where you want to throw your business in the garbage. I've had many of those. I know I will have many more, like it's just part of entrepreneurship. Um, so thank you so much for just being real and sharing all that you did, um, with us today. If there was like one thing that you wanted women to take away from this conversation today, what would that one thing be? Oh man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> 
I know because we just we talked about so many things. Honestly, I, I think I said this earlier. I think my major takeaway before you even get to the productive tasks would be just really reevaluate where are you at right now? This is a perfect time of year as we're wrapping up the end of one and going into a new one. I in fall, right? Like wherever or whatever season you you are at when you're listening to this, but like it's just a great time for you to just reevaluate. And I am in this myself, like Natalie and I have been talking back and forth on really all the avenues about this topic. And it's reevaluate. What do you want from your life, from your business, for your health, for your, for your um, faith or spiritual aspect of your life? Do that exercise. If you do nothing else, do that exercise. And then I want you to start pinpointing, what do I need to do to show up? And, um, I decided to do a fitness program where it focuses on nutrition and showing up for myself. And you know what? I used to jump out of bed, take the kids to school, maybe take a shower and get ready real fast and jump into my office and like get started on work. I'm not even getting to the laptop to physically open it until 10 or 11 a.m. in the morning because I'm putting myself first for like the first time in a long time. So reevaluate where you're at. You're never going to do any of the stuff we talked about, like all this business stuff until you feel good about how everything else is going and you find that rhythm. Um, I do, I do think balance can be possible, but you have to understand like the definition of balance is more so putting your priorities in the right order. You can look it up. I have a whole episode of that, but you can look that up. Um, and it's like, it changes. It's seasonal. It is ever changing. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my biggest takeaway before you do anything else is you've got to reevaluate and find your rhythm or you won't be able to, to implement any of the stuff that we talked about. Yes, I agree. Which is, you know, it all comes down to capacity, right? As we talked about, like you have to have the capacity and you have to have that foundation to build stuff upon. So, so beautiful. I love ending the conversation on that note. Brooke, where can women find you and connect with you online if they want to get into your world? Yeah. Okay. So come find me on Instagram. It's um, at Brooke Janae Jefferson, J-A-N-A-E. And I'm sure she'll link it for you. If you get lost, just type in brookjefferson.com, Brooke with an E, you'll find me. Um, And then I know you, you probably, not everybody listening is even close to the photography industry, but if you love just like business advice or like even more of the faith, Um, come listen to my podcast because I know even though it says photography in the name, there are several industries that listen to the podcast and they implement it into their own. So that's the book more clients photography podcast. Yes. And also you guys can share Brooke's podcast with any of your local photographer friends, because I have several that I can think of that I'm going to be pointing to your podcast because I I love that you're in that niche. Um, Yes, definitely go connect with Brooke, find her, connect with her on Instagram, subscribe to her podcast, and you're going to love her. So thank you so much again, Brooke, for being here and just sharing everything that you did with, with us today. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. If you love this podcast episode, there's two things I want to invite you to do right now. Number one, head on over to Instagram and send me a DM at natalie.blankush. I would love to hear any questions that came up and takeaways that you had from this episode. And number two, if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means the world to me because I love hearing what you're learning and how the show has impacted you, but it also creates an even bigger ripple effect by helping other women discover for this podcast. All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you on the next episode.